This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Are you ready for love? Yes, I am. It's the warm-up episode 135. It's your host, Brady Frost. And Tom Bradshaw is back in your ears speaking sweet nothings about Huddersfield Town. Tom, how are you doing? I'm all right, Brady. I'm happy to be back um, after an exciting... Week weekend last week, great game to watch. Even though we were on the wrong end of that defeat, but it was it was exciting. Yes, and you were in the Netherlands. Did you have a good little little trip away? Yeah, I was. I had a, a lovely little trip away. Um, had some cheese and nice beers. I just love how strong the beers are out there. You don't yeah. realise it though, because you get it in the the tiny little glasses instead of a big pint glass. It just sneaks up on you. Yeah. They're like a wheat beer out there as well. Yeah, yeah, very nice. How do you feel about a wheat beer? Yeah, I, I I like it, especially in that that kind of weather, that time of year, in uh in Amsterdam. The the wasn't too cold, but you know it rained a bit. It was nice to be in a little pub. It's not it's not yeah. a it's not a beer for the summer, is it? A wheat beer? No, it's not. No, yeah. But well, I've also been I've also been to Amsterdam, so. Uh... Did you get any sightseeing? And uh, we can talk about the preview. We've got two uh, show, uh, two games to preview. But um, we're in no rush. Did you get the, any sightseeing? Not really, because I, I was I was full on working most of the time, and it was one of those where I was up in the dark and out in the dark. But um, I did see a familiar face, and I, I met up with Joe, who lives out there, who's been on this podcast a few times. So that was very nice. And we had a good old man about town. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. Reset your demons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think we we were quietly optimistic about potentially what's what's to come. Yeah, exactly. Well, we were talking about this before, and we we're quietly optimistic maybe about these two. It's a double bill, baby. So let's get stuck into it. We've got two games to preview. Let's start with Sunderland. The Black Cats—they're right in the playoff mix. Uh, they're also sixth in the form table, having lost two of their last six. However, away from home, they've only won once in the last ten league games. Um, do you know who also has that same record? Is it us, probably? It is. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, that surprised me a little bit. Obviously, I think that's a bit of overlap with Tony Mowbray and, and Mick Beale, who's now in charge. But Tom, John Wormington, he did the pre-match press for this. Uh, he's definitely going to be in charge of this game. You pr- will probably expect him to be in charge at the weekend against Hull City 2. But the game's on Valentine's Day, the Sunderland game. Uh, you think we're going to be treated to a lovely three points? Um, I think these next two games, there's a, a very good chance for us to pick up at least four points, in my opinion. I think both teams are on a bit of a a bit of a rocky spell. I mean, we'll get to the whole one where I think that they might their fortunes might be turning soon, I think. But Sunderland got a few injuries knocking around. Beale seems to have turned it around a little bit. Um, I mean, they're unbeaten in their last three. Um, and that includes two 3-1 wins against teams that are in a similar situation to us. I think it was Stoke and maybe Rotherham. I don't know. But it's two 3-1 wins and I looked at the teams and I thought, right, oh, Plymouth, that was it. Stoke and Plymouth. But they were both home games. So they're still, they're still struggling a little bit away from home. Um, it's actually, they're not won. One win since September away from home, Brady. It's like, yeah. Not good, is it? And the most recent ones include uh, a one-all draw with Rotherham and also with Borough. So I kind of take a bit of positives from that kind of the one-all with Rotherham, maybe. Yeah, you look that they, they kind of struggle against the team that's rock bottom away. Um, but there's a lot to play for for them. They're just outside the playoffs, aren't they? On the same points as Coventry, I think. So um, they're going to be coming to win obviously they want to they want to get into that top six especially with uh the netflix series back on track again for them so out of like they did in league one yeah yeah i forgot that's actually season three um so that'll probably be our main topic of discussion now um i do <laughs> that is my favorite football documentary actually because i don't know if you've ever seen the um i watched a bit of the man city one it's like it's boring when you win and like mm-hmm. the Arsenal one, I suppose that was quite good because like they they lose and there's some iconic clips. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, talking about the game. They're the you best. Tell- they are the best ones though, and and I quite like the Wrexham one to start with. But I just want it now to go a bit tits up because I want to see, I just want to see a bit of conflict in there. I want to see a bit of when they're sacking Phil Parkinson things like that because does it gets boring if if Wrexham now goal. Go up, 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 up. That's just like the, one of the most boring <laughs> docu- football documentaries ever. That's why the Sunderland one was great because you got the meltdown and the kind of expectancy of them in the championship and then getting relegated. And yeah. I, I saw, I went to that playoff final where they played Charlton as well. Did you? Um, yeah. And I saw that that last minute winner for Charlton. I was in the Charlton end. Um, yeah. It was uh, Naby Sarr was playing for Charlton as well that day. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that where the, there was like a? Um, wasn't sorry. <laughs> I'm just conscious, like we're preview. But was that game the one where there was like a goalkeeper like 20 seconds in or something? Yeah, I think it was now. I think Naby said I passed the ball back actually, and it bobbled up over the Charlton's goalkeeper's foot. Yeah. There you go. Relevant. We've got got a town link in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, looking at this one, um, I. I kind of feel a little bit encouraged. I had to do something for the Sunderland Echo. Ooh, name drop. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think 
this I think these two games might suit us in how we play because I think you know Sunderland and Hull they're right around the playoffs. They're going to be pushing for a win, and I, I think we've seen particularly that that's, um, Southampton game that we're quite good on the break under John John Wormington. That's two only two games, but I just think they're going to leave gaps in behind, and we've got quite quick players to exploit that. So I, yeah, I could I can probably which is again. Uh, I was, you know, I was teased online for not being optimistic. I can actually see us winning one of these two, um, which would obviously do wonders for us at the moment. Um, I suppose just kind of looking at it, Tom, mm. you know, we're not going to, we're not experts in Sunderland's team. And obviously the town beat them 2-1 where from early in the season. That was a bit of a smash and grab by all accounts and Darren Moore. But one of the people I want to highlight which town are, um, are going to have to look out for is Jack Clark. Obviously, he scored again at the weekend against Plymouth, and that means he's got 14 for the season. Um, he's been playing on the left, so it looks like that's probably... You'd expect Worthy to name a similar team, so Kasumu and Pearson. Um, are you you confident? I know it seems a bit strange to say that after we've shipped five, but um, do you think Town's defence could keep him quiet? Yeah, I've... It's, it's one of those, and I, I, I go back to that Millwall game. I think last season where it was like, as long as we keep Fleming quiet, we're gonna we're gonna do all right. I, I look at kind of the rest of the squad and the creativity in there. Like, there's some creativity in there, but you look at everyone else's stats, and it's not really any better than what our players are throwing out there. Um, and he's a massive key part to this team. I mean, he is. I feel like. Has he maybe played the most games for him as well this season? But yeah, he's he is he's really good. Um, I think Bellingham as well. Uh, I, I like the look of him as well. He, he's a very good player. Um, but and I mean, as much as Town fans kind of disliked little Pritchard, he was up there as I think maybe their second highest creator. And yeah, he's and yeah, now he's at Birmingham, so they've kind of lost potentially quite a, a key creator there. Um, but you still got like the likes of uh, Roberts and Barr, kind of as your wingers, attacking wingers, who can also can also cause a few problems. Um, but yeah, I mean Clark, um, he's probably too good for the championship. Really, he's one of those players who's if there was a league in between, he's he's perfect in it <laughs> for it. Um, but yeah, he's a very good player. So I think keep him quiet um, and Town can win this game. Um, I know that uh, I, I had a, a listen to Beale's press conference and um, kind of like giving us a lot of praise. He seemed, I don't know, he just didn't sound that confident about the game coming up. He mentioned a few injuries, um, but it's like he, he's expecting a really tough game. Um but he's also saying that they're gonna they're a team that take risks and you kind of look at how town did against Southampton who are quite a you know what I mean? I think similar all around, but that's they stick to that game plan, they like to get forward. So it's what I look at and think, come on, yeah, like you say, Brady, if we get a bit of pace out wide and on the counter, especially if, if Sunderland are coming here, they're obviously gonna come to win, but if they're coming to take that risk and kind of not Settle for a draw, it's either a win or a loss. Then it could play into Town's hands on uh, on t- uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Wednesday night, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're right. I mean, um, 
because we're doing two in, in one. Apologies if anyone can hear my washing machine in the background as well. It's uh, it's on its angry mode as it comes to the end. Um, yeah, I suppose we'll kind of we've, we've decided not to do the fan chats really. Um, so I suppose how would you, are you in terms of this game? How would you approach it? Do you think this is more winnable compared to Hull? Um, do you think we should kind of stick to the same principles of what we did against Southampton? Um, how, how do you think is best to approach this, Tom? Um, I, don't, I, I don't know if I saw much difference, particularly in the way, the kind of, especially the intent that we, we showed in, in the last two games. I think, especially second half against Wednesday, we were showing very similar intent that we did against Southampton. And I just think you do that again because it's so refreshing, isn't it, to see the team kind of play with a bit of freedom. I mean, it could it could go one or two ways. That, that is the only problem. And we, we kind of did see that against Southampton, especially in those last those last 10 minutes where maybe when that third goes in, you do you do think, right, let's let's start to play a bit a bit more defensive and really play Get the, I mean, Lee Nichols is great a bit, but yeah, get the get the ball in the stands a few times, run the clock down, bring, make it really scrappy. Um, so there's just there's just I guess key points in games where maybe you make those decisions, but I I I think for me Wednesday night is a I'm not saying easier game, but out of the two, I think it's a potentially more winnable. Um, I'm I'm targeting four points, I think, um, and I'd I'd say Wednesday for me, I'd be looking to get the free against Sunderland. I think the only thing with Hull for me and next, but um, they have got a bit more of an influx of players back in the last couple of games, and I think that's going to make a big difference for them. Mm, yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. I, I think um, I suppose I do think. Given how we've played in the last two, I, I would argue we're going to talk a little bit about John Webbington and, and the managerial stuff a bit later on. But I think he'll have a lot of goodwill behind him, and I, I think you know from the sounds of it, you know, chatting to town fans and um, my mates and stuff, like people seem quite excited for this one. And I, I just wonder if that extra goodwill from the fan base, and if we start well and kind of go for it, I wonder if that you know, like that will kind of see us over the line. And, and get get us three points maybe I, i'm with you I, I can actually i can see us winning one but also like it's one it's one of them because of where they are and they're competing for the playoffs if they if they if they did win Sunderland you kind of be like well yeah fair enough like they they're kind of around this so it's a bit of a tricky one i mean we'll we'll come on to match predictions now really because we want to get onto the other stuff but i think um i I think it's quite a hard one to call. I, I've actually, um, I actually had to give a prediction earlier, and I, I went two all. I just think it's going to be quite an exciting game. I think both teams will go for it. Whereas I think we'll come into the whole game, but they're quite tight and like in, you know one goal margins um, in their matches. So I think this could be a bit free flowing. And obviously, we've seen what Sorba Thomas and, and Josh Karama can do on the break. So I, I think we're going to get some joy. It's just. Yeah, I can't really see Town keeping a clean sheet. So I've gone too well. Um but yeah, Tom, what what about you? Are you you it sounds like you're edging towards a win. 
Yeah, I think I'd go. I think two. I think someone's going to win the game in the last ten minutes, and it's 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 either going to be Town or Sunderland. And I think a two-one win um, for either side, but hopefully it's Town. Um, obviously, hopefully it's Town. Um, uh, but if if Beal kind of is sticking to the way that they're playing at the moment, or what he's saying in press conferences, then I just yeah, I think I don't think anyone's settling for a draw in that last ten minutes, especially the way we're playing as well at the moment. So. Yeah, a nice uh, 2-1 win on a Wednesday night for town would be brilliant, wouldn't it? It would be brilliant. And let, let's hope. Um, we've talked about that. We talked about Amsterdam for about three minutes in the game for about 10. Uh, so we'll we'll talk about something else. We'll talk about Kwan's question. And I'm going to try playing it through our little uh, little jingle. Here we go. A few things, the things change, but also a lot of things are still the same. So Tom, you can't normally hear these when I uh, when I do them. Hence, why you think do yeah. I was in there? It's very nice um, to hear it. I mean, it's it's, all, it's always magic when I listen back to the pod to make sure I didn't sound like a right idiot and the jingles popping, Brady. But well done, mate. I love your jingle work. So keep it up. Proud of you. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> um, okay, so the question we asked was ahead of the previous show. We want to know it's Valentine's Day soon. Which current town player would you go to for date advice and why? Uh, so I'll read out the listener responses. Jonathan Ford, he puts something a bit cheeky in his first bit, so I've edited that out. But he says, I'll ask Hog. He's had so many Valentine's Days up to this point, the, the general knows what's best. Um, poor bloke, he's only in his early 30s. We're not far <laughs> off that, like mid to late <laughs> Um John Angood, uh, we did say current, but I'll accept this because it was a good answer. John Angood says, Aaron Moy, he had the key to unlock the toughest defences, so must be able to advise the way to a partner's heart. Isn't that sweet? And uh, Guy Bradley, he says, Sober Thomas, he's the best at assisting, so would be a great wingman. There you go. Uh, Tom, I'm interested to see which player, you know, because obviously we, we'll pretend we know them all personally. Mm. Um, who would you go to in the town squad for date advice? You've got a date coming up. With your wife, uh, I don't think have we ever revealed that you're married on the podcast. I don't think we have. No, but now you have. Yeah, about well you. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're a married right. man. So yeah. uh, any of our any of our um, listeners who were romantically interested, <laughs> not gonna Jesus, yeah. Um, uh, probably Lee Nichols because he Nichols. he knows how to take his time with things and um, yeah, doesn't doesn't rush in, does he? So. Be nice and relaxed. So yeah, Lee Nichols, I'd probably go to. I think. Okay, nice. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think. I think with this, you kind of got to go for an experienced uh, person, haven't you? Someone who's not, you know. Uh, so I was. I was thinking Tom Lee's because I just feel like he's, you know, he's no nonsense. He'd be like, don't overthink it. You know, yeah. just, just you know, make it nice doing that. So that's what I'd go for. Um, yeah, is there any any Valentine's Day stories you want to share, Tom? Any any funny date anecdotes? Um, literally, literally nothing, Brady. I honestly, I'm, I'm, this is how boring it is. I just have, uh, yeah, I've got nothing. I've got nothing left. I've got no funny stories about any sort of dating stuff. <laughs> yeah, what about you? Have you got any? I don't think so. No, no. Um... I once had to advise a colleague um, that <laughs> buying um, flowers and taking them to a slapped up, uh, you slap up meal yeah. uh, 
for when she thought they were going to go for a coffee, he was going to surprise her. Um, right. I did think that was quite... I don't know if that is good advice. Maybe it was really romantic of him, but I thought that was maybe a bit full-on if it was just meant risk. to be. Yeah, yeah. You never know, but... Who to know? Well... <laughs> you, you ruined that relationship then, Brody, obviously. I did, yeah. That yeah. Advice. <laughs> I don't really know what I was expecting when we put this question out, but um, yeah, <laughs> should have really thought. Um, yeah, sorry. If anyone does have any clean date stories, because I'm always, I'm always, I'm caught. Yeah, I'm calling you out, town fans. You do like some smut now and again. So, if you have any funny, interesting date stories, do tweet us. Um, <laughs> we should probably take a break. Um, so, Tom, as you know, someone who is a match made in heaven. Is Magic Rock? They sponsor this uh, episode and all our, you know, the main show and us. And I tell you what is a uh, would be a hot date if you use the code AHTTC10 for ten percent off any orders that you do online. If you head to MagicRockBrewing.com, um, yeah, lovely stuff. And we will take a quick break there, and we'll come back and preview Hull and talk a little bit more about John Worthington. Cosy, what what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, Tom. Uh, so you've been off gallivanting around Europe. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on the managerial situation before we discuss the whole game. Where are you kind of at with it all? Because, you know, Worthy's come in. I feel like there's definitely been a change in mood. Um, and it seems, you know, it's a it's a different switch from... From Darren Moore, I mean, Matty Pearson made it clear in the, <laughs> in the pre-match press conferences. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of calls for Worthy to get the job until the end of the season. Um, and w- obviously the lads did a poll the other day because it sounds, you know, from what Alan Nixon's reporting, it sounds like Michael Duff might be getting it. And, it, you know, from the poll we did on the podcast, people don't seem that impressed. So where are you at with it, Tom? Like, kind of, what do you think of it all? Um, I'm, I'm at, I mean, I'd, I'd, yeah, keep Worthy in until Town are 100% with who they want. Um, if the rumours are that Michael, the Michael Duff's kind of place as manager is balancing on the fact that he won't move up to the area, then if that is a, if that is a key part of what Town are looking for, someone to move up here, then we, you, got to take him out of the equation and probably I guess start again with your recruitment um so yeah I, I mean I think especially if, if Worthy's in charge now I I'd, I would give him 
Wednesday and Saturday. Um, because a new manager coming in after Wednesday ahead of like in such a short pace of time, uh, space of time probably isn't going to be too uh, good for the squad kind of thing, jumping to and from. But like if they announce someone at the end of this week and then they're in for that in the next game, then perfect. But yeah, I, I just think, Brady, let's not rush it. Let's get it right. But uh, we, we've got to make the decision soon because look how quickly kind of Blackburn um, worked and they got in John Eustace and I know he wasn't in charge, was he, at the weekend, but um, it's a, a really great kind of reaction maybe to, to that appointment. So, yeah, I I just don't know if I'm too excited about Duff. I think it, I mean, I, I, I like him. It's, it's, very, it's sounding very similar to when I was told it was Darren Moore, to be honest. I like him, but I'm not sure about it. And then look how how Darren Moore turned out. Do you know it just doesn't excite me? I'd love us to show. And I know I got like last whatever was like Sean Dyche or whatever, but I just love us to show a bit of ambition, something a bit exciting, um, something a bit different as well. Because look, you look back at what has worked for us, and it is something different. Mm. Wagner. I know Sievert was potential, but Sievert's come in at the end of a terrible season with some absolute clowns in the changing room, the the squad, sorry. And so, and then Carbrand, I would say, is different as well because he he's not he's not just your standard British manager. He was some a bit different, mm. and it, it seemed to work for us. So, yeah, maybe that is what works at Town, something different. So, but yeah. That's that's my thoughts, Brady. What where, where are you at with it? I mean, you giving it worthy till the end of the season? I don't think I would. It's um, I just I'm just conscious. I I just always think of Danny Schofield. Now, obviously, it's like a very different terms of tenure, but you know, by all accounts, with the Chef Wednesday game, like we weren't good until we scored the first, and then I think. You know, I wasn't at the game. Uh, I couldn't make it, unfortunately. But, you know, watched the extended highlights and stuff and kind of read up on it. And by all accounts, it sounded like, you know, and from what I saw, Wednesday kind of fell apart, really. Um, I think the Southampton game is really encouraging. You know, like, I think there's a lot that you can, you know, again, you conceded five, but you've gone toe-to-toe with the, the most informed team in the league. Um, I think Matt said on the pod they haven't, conceded more than one goal at home since September and we scored three past them. You know, like it's, it is encouraging. I just think if we don't get a positive result against Sunderland, I think it kind of ramps it up. It's a very weird, I think the remit the club have kind of put out is a, is a really tricky one because you want someone to stabilise us, but then you also want like to keep us up, but then you also want someone to kind of start like a bit of a revolution and like build. And I, I kind of almost feel like it's hard to get that in one. They almost look like two jobs, but do you want, you know, they're not going to appoint someone until the end of the season. So do you get Worthington in? Hmm. I just, I just think if Worthington like lost these two games, like the kind of need for a manager ramps up more and like he doesn't want it. And I just, I think we've lost like, you know, under previous ownership and like for whatever reason, I think we lost quite a few good town people. Like you know, um, 
so I'd be reluctant to kind of put him in, and then it's just like that's it, you're kind of gone. So yeah, but I, I'm agree. I agree with you, but I don't think any of the names particularly excite me. Like Duff, just kind of feels like all right. I I did want Duff in the summer, but yeah, it's it's not it's not exciting. I know people are talking about Pep Pep Linders from from Liverpool at the end of the season, yeah. but I, again, I'm not <laughs> criticised for being like would he would he come to us? Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not. Um, I know he's not had any mini- manager experience, but again, I, like I, that, I, yeah, no, I don't. I, I think he, I think, I think, yeah, I think he'd come to you. Yeah, I don't think you can kind of when you've not managed the team yourself. I don't think you can kind of turn down an opportunity at a, a club in kind of the, the top two tiers in in kind of European football. You know what I mean? So I think if you're if you're getting a job offer. And you're quite new to manage, managing from what a British, uh, English, French, German, Italian team in either the top tier or especially the, the championship is such a good league for for a second division. Like you cannot, I, I think it's such a good starting block for a, a new manager or even a manager in Europe who's doing reasonably well somewhere to get into the English game because um I mean maybe I'm being very like whatever English bias but the, look the Premier League is absolutely massive and if you're only one promotion away from getting onto that stage it's got to be such a um enticing kind of offer mm. yeah yeah I don't disagree I suppose yeah it's just who would you I suppose who would you want? I, I think that's the question. And I suppose the good thing about Worthy is, like you say, has bought us time. And if he wins against Sunderland and wins against Hull, like maybe you, or you know, like you say, you're you're kind of hoping for four points. If he got if he gets us four points, and maybe you think, yeah, maybe maybe just do give it him. I, I I just don't. I don't know. I think it's I think it's difficult. I think it's a really difficult job. I think the re, like yeah, I don't know who would you want. <laughs> if if Worthy gets 6 points, if Worthy takes these next two games and gets 6 points, I think you it, it's almost like having Warnock in again then for me and you just have him in for the rest of the season. Town or, <laughs> town somehow pick up 6 points in these next two, bloody hell. You're laughing and you you got kind of but also like Ready, you've got to protect some obviously someone who has got a bit of quality about him and isn't that fussed about the job from what he said and wants to concentrate on the academy. You've got to really make sure you don't mess up his kind of development as a coach mm-hmm. either. Um, but I, I think I, I think if he shows that he can get the best out of this team, this squad, which he has done so far for me, um, then you've It'd be silly not to just let him have it till the end of the season and then we really need to properly sort it out in the summer. And I think I think maybe maybe Johnny said it on the main pod a couple of weeks ago. It's like just the the decision to bring Warn Warnock back in for the for this summer was in hindsight, it was such a bad one if you kinda knew he wasn't gonna be here for the whole season. Because if you're you want to be bringing in your new manager at the start of the summer, so they can build that squad, work with them over pre-season. So that's that's the main thing that we need to do. And I, I think I said it 
kind of before if whoever we're bringing in if we bring someone in in the next week then um you, i think you've got to give it them into next season even if we get relegated yeah i don't disagree i suppose the interesting thing around it as well is like this particular time of the season like there's you know it's about the season tickets for for next you know next year so you do want a big name and you know if you do appoint Michael Duff, for example, it's not really an exciting name and I'd, I'd be interested to see if that, that affects it. So, yeah, I don't know. You talked about maybe doing something different. Like, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you look at the teams around us, like Plymouth, obviously they're really well run. They've gone for Ian Foster, who's like, you know, a bit of a young upcoming English manager. Obviously Stoke poached Stephen Schumacher, um, who's highly thought of. I know he's not had the best start there. Um, I mean, you, Tony Mowbray, I suppose, is like, you know, at Birmingham, I think that's a safe choice. And again, maybe a Duff type, but yeah. I actually think that's quite a good appointment and I would have happily had him at town. But yeah, I, d- I don't know. I, I, I think it would be tempting given the Wagner and Corbett. I do think it needs like someone who's that like, interesting. And yeah. um, But I, I do look at that list and it's not, it's not very exciting. I mean, you've talked about like, Maybe going for someone different like um, Pete Wilde, you're a fan of, aren't you, from League Two? But that's quite a big step up, particularly at this point in the season. Yeah. Well. Um, I, I just think he's one you, you've got to keep an eye on as well, like what, he's, what he did at Halifax and Barrow and what he's doing at Barrow. Like he's what, he's overperforming at Barrow, kind of thing, I think. And he's, I think he's the kind of personality that would really, really kind of fit town fans. So it's I I wouldn't be against that kind of thing, and he's come up before when we've when we've been looking for managers just as a as a shout and things, and so like yeah, I I wouldn't be against that kind of um, appointment either. Um, so yeah, it's looking in the right places, isn't it, Brady? I think there's a pool of managers who. It's the same with I think it's the same with it's probably the same with every league. There's a pool of managers in every league that just get to run around in each club and then leave and and it's kinda of like how do they keep getting jobs in the same league? Because they're obviously not <laughs> they're obviously not performing. So um maybe it would be a bit disappointing if we got one of those. I wouldn't say Michael Duff is in that bracket though. I think he didn't have he didn't have the time or chance at Swansea, to be honest. So yeah, I think it's hard as well because you look at the poll now that we're in our third manager of the season. So it's not, I don't know, I don't think we're particularly attractive as a proposition from the outside view either. No. So anyway, we'll see. I mean, yeah, I, I, it's interesting because I do think these two games kind of decide how quickly you do it, really. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll come on to the whole whole game. So by the time you guys are listening to this, whole are playing Rotherham. Rotherham Rotherham, <laughs> Rotherham on Tuesday night. Um, so that'll be interesting. I mean, we were talking about it earlier, but a whole they tend to win or lose by one one, one goal margins. They've got mm. they've got quite a good, exciting team. Um, you'd expect maybe them to play, you know, more exciting attacking football based on who they've got. Obviously, um, Fabio Carvalho, who they signed on loan in the summer. Has kind of caught the eye. That's quite a good acquisition. Jaden Philogene mm. has been really brilliant for for the Tigers this season. You we you kind of touched on it, Tom, before, but 
you were thinking maybe this might be a bit of a tricky match. I'm curious to, to hear why. Well, they've had a couple of lads out with at the African Cup of Nations, haven't they? So Sere, who's been very, obviously, a very talented player. Um, Traore as well, I think, who's been pretty good for them. And then um, Connolly, who one of uh, David Hartry's favourite Ex Brighton's, I feel like he's mentioned him before. Is I think mm. he just come back from injury. This he he came on off the bench against Swansea. I mean they lost one nil at home to Swansea. Rossinio was absolutely fuming about that result. He pretty much came out and said they didn't deserve to win. They didn't. They deserved the loss. So um, there'll obviously be some. You'd you'd think um, bounce back in these next two games. I mean. I, I, maybe it's better that they're playing Rotherham before us. Um, mm. uh, two away games for them though as well. It's not, it's not, not super easy. They're not. They've not. Like you said, they're they're not done that bad. Kind of on the road because it's like they're only losing games um, by yeah, what one one goal really, one goal margins. Um, uh, so they are very good defensively. But then you'd say they're not they're not going out there and putting the kind of sword to teams. So um it's gonna be a completely different game for me. I think I think it could be very similar to the first half against Wednesday, maybe quite tight, and town are definitely gonna to have to work on their I think counter attacking here and maybe be quite patient in this game. I know I know that I feel like they quite like to build from the back, don't they, Hull? So um, if you get the press right, maybe you can you can cause them troubles. But uh, another all right one for us is there's no Liam Delap. I think he's out now, ready for maybe the rest of the season. I feel like it's April-ish when he could return. So, I mean, did he score in that last game we played against them, didn't he, I think? Yeah, it was really late on, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Yes, and, and that was a, a game people were not happy with... Uh... Darren Moore set up for that. Um, but at least that was the last time we heard of that, so that's all good. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm actually going... It's funny, I'm going to this game with uh, my girlfriend's family because uh, my uh, her dad wants to wants to come watch the game. So I'm hoping for something good. I do think it's going to be quite a tight, cagey game. Um, yeah, I just... It's, it's strange, isn't it? I suppose, again, because we're recording this before, uh, obviously we'll know what the Sunderland result is, but I think that an obvious thing to say, we don't really like previewing and we don't know what's going to happen with the game in between, but I think that kind of dictates it. I think if you do get that win against Sunderland, a draw is, uh, I'm with you, I think a draw is probably more palatable, whereas obviously if we if we lose, I think we have to try and push and get a win in this one. I am like you. I know, I know I've kind of predicted a two off for Sunderland, but I think we could nick because obviously we've beaten them already this season. I, I kind of feel more positive um, about maybe nicking a result here. Whereas I I also <laughs> got rid of Darren Moore, but I, I think this is very tight uh, mm. a tight match, and I can maybe I could see him. Winning it one nil, but I could also see it winning us winning one nil. I, I think it's going to be that sort of game. I think, um, like you say, I don't see Hull um, putting us to the sword really, and I don't really see Sunderland putting us to the sword in the same way like Southampton did in the end. Yeah, and I think you you talked talk on the press there. 
the press was really good against Southampton. That's something we acknowledge. Like we didn't, you know, we were in their faces and we kind of saw that tail off towards the the end, obviously, because it's knackering as a player if you're doing that and putting it up with that long. So um yeah. Would you would you do any changes in this, Tom? Like would you would, is there anyone you'd like to see? I know the bench hasn't looked so strong. Sounds like according to Stephen Chicken from the from the press conference before the Sunderland game, sounds like Reese Healy's gonna be out for a while. Yeah. Um Helix again, like kind of it sounds like he's a bit touch and go. Which, there was two keepers on the bench as well. So I mean, would you do anything differently? You think anyone might deserve a couple of minutes here to see what see what we can do? I mean, Bolker's back, isn't he? Apparently, he should be back for these uh, these next two. Um, Healy's a oh, a very funny comment from a, a town fan on the post. It's like, oh, you sign uh, sign injury prone prone players, and then uh, they get injured. Surprise, surprise. But um, yeah, that is a big shame because I, I like the look of him. He's very very direct. Um, mm. I thought, especially South, um, Blackburn away. I thought you saw something in him that is going to really, going to really help us for the rest of the season. And if we've not got him now for a few months, then uh, Radders is going to have to, going to have to step up, isn't he, and um, show his worth. I think he needs to really get used to this level because I, I think he's struggling with the physicality of it a bit, um, and uh, that is something that he can definitely work on and. Yeah, maybe throw a couple of elbows out himself, and yeah, not not be on the floor as much. It probably help him because as soon as uh, I mean, I felt Chef Wednesday centre backs figured it out straight away, and they just roughed him around a bit, and he was rattled. He was absolutely rattled, mm. and he went off. He, I think he, I don't think he was that injured. What did he have a little knock on his head, eye, and I think it was mainly down to him just being rattled by their defence. To be honest. Um, so um, hopefully he can sort that out for the rest of the season. But I mean, I I thought I'd be playing very similar squad to what we had um, against Southampton in these next two games. I think I looked. I look at that squad. I'm I'm quite happy with it. Mm. Um, maybe start. Maybe start. Uh, Burjan in one of them. Um, it was nice to see Pat Jones come on. Hopefully he can can uh, show us a, a bit of what we saw last season. Um, but then other than that, Brad, I can't really think of anyone else who's who comes in. Um, I thought Ben Wiles maybe deserves a shout, potentially, uh, in one of these games. I mean, it's two games close together, so you, you probably will see a couple of changes as well. But, um, yeah, there's not there's not much you can say is there when we're still reasonably light, but it is starting to look a lot more healthy. Like that squad against Southampton for me is looking pretty healthy. Even my dog thinks so as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um I'm with you. I think maybe Pat Jones, if we can I wouldn't say start him because it doesn't seem like but it'd be good to give him I mean he got what like 10, 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, against Southampton, maybe give him half an hour mm. for, you know, potentially bring him on early second half. Yeah. In one of these. I think that's good because he, you know, obviously he's had his fitness issues of his, and let's, you know, gets a lot of few hamstring injuries, but I think his pace, um, we actually got a question about, about that, um, which we'll come on to in a bit. But yeah, he's the one appealing. I think, um, 
I would be tempted. I think you're right. Maybe uh, Radulovic would be better to start in the whole game just because I think Sunderland were going to get more space. Whereas actually, I think his hold up play, you know, I agree with you, he did get a bit rattled in that QPR game, but mm. maybe that's a game that's more suited for him. It is, it is good to have a few more options. Like you say, we're still not 100% fit. I, it sounds like Berg's organ Wardier back in training, so maybe yeah. they can make the bench for for uh, for Saturday. Um, yeah, that would be good. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, Tom, we'll, we'll come on to it now, but your score prediction for, for this game. Um, I think this is, this is the draw in my optimistic four points. Um, so I'm going to go for a one-all draw, I think, Brady. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Um, purely because I don't want to get mugged off in front of my girlfriend's family who's coming with me to the game. I'm hoping town sneak a 1 0. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to go for. Um, knowing town, though, I will, uh, they will witness the horrendous football that we have had to endure for quite a few seasons. Yeah. Um, before we go, Tom, uh, we are going to do the mailbag because we've got a few questions this week. Thanks for sending them in. Dogs. Slapping her ears in excitement. Yeah. Um, however, bit of breaking news while we've been recording. Uh, Darren Moore has just been named the manager of Port Vale on a five Ooh, and a half year deal. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm, they've moved moved quick, haven't they? They have. I hope he does well. Five and a half years of that's a long time. It's a big contract. That. What did we give him? Three years. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I wish him well. I mean, like it just, just didn't work out, did it? You know, I, I don't think there's any need for, like, you know, I I thought some of the criticism of Darren Moore in the end was getting a bit personal, a bit unfair. Like, I think it's just like his football wasn't inspiring. I think we can all admit yeah. that now. But yeah, um, kind of hope he does well. It just didn't work out. Like, I, I yeah. yeah, sometimes it just didn't work out. Um, but yeah. Okay, there you go. Instant reaction. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's come on to the mailbag, shall we? Uh, and I can play the jingle again for you all right now. You've got mail. Okay, we're going to start with the first one, which is from Nick Jenkinson. He emailed us, which is refreshing. Thank you for that, Nick. Don't get many emails. Uh, Nick says, in my opinion, Tom Lees goes completely unnoticed. 100 appearances for town. Before that, 250 for Sheffield Wednesday. Leeds, over 120. What are the lads' view on him? Tom, you're one of the lads. What's your view on Tom Lees? You were saying he wasn't, hasn't been that good this season, but he's, he's picked up... Yeah, at the start of the year, yeah, I was a bit disappointed with kind of his uh, performances. But, yeah, I, mean, he's, he's, I think he's been really good these last few games. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, but he's one of those players, isn't he, who is quite... He's not allowed. He's not loud. He's not... He's not loud on the pitch. He's not loud off it. So I think he goes unnoticed because of that. So, um, but yeah, he's very, very good player and um, good championship quality. Um, I think the the only thing that I've always maybe criticised him for a little bit is just he just could be a bit more aggressive. But I guess when you're alongside kind of Pearson and Helic, who maybe do show that, you, you can allow it a bit. Um, but when do you know what I mean? When it balances it out, it works. So, but when it's like him, you uh, and Pearson, I think that's when you're a bit more you're missing that just that little bit extra. Um, but yeah, I've, I I like him very good. Very glad he he's uh, probably going to end his 
career with us, I guess. Yeah, I think he's like, I mean, in terms of free signings, I know Nichols was a free as well, but I think he's up there. You know, yeah. like he's, I don't really remember him, you know, listeners will be probably quick to flag, but I don't, I don't think he's ever really had a stinker at town. Like I know he had that own goal um, in Southampton game, but that's just one of them. I don't really, he's quite reliable. And I think, I know we kind of, I think what town's problems been is having players of like the quality of the difference makers. But I think like Tom Lees as a centre-back in the championship is is pretty spot on. I don't think, you know, yeah. he can have more kind of interesting ball-playing defenders, but I think he's pretty pretty spot on. I, I, I think he'd go into most squads. Um, you know, he might not be a starter, but I think he'd go into most squads in the championship. I think he's been, he's been really good for us. And you're right, because he's not glamorous and he's not like playing, you know, switching the balls and playing like raking passes and breaking the lines. Like, he probably doesn't get as much attention, but I think he's pretty solid. Yeah. Right, I think he, I can't really see him leaving town anytime soon. Not that I'd want him to. Um, but I do wonder if maybe next season, because they've got Bolker in now and Helic. It depends what happens with Helic, obviously, because there's been some interest in him. But I wonder if maybe he becomes your third, fourth choice rather than yeah. starting starting every game. But what again, a, what a choice to have that, though, Brady. I mean, I, I think I think him, Pearson, and Helic for me. That's that's my kind of preferred bat free, and I think that's a really good championship bat free. Um, I just I just think they complement each other really well, um, uh, and I, I I think it, there's a there's a good mix of a lot of like the centre backs that we've got now. I mean, Uta kind of sneaks in there, doesn't he? But I feel like he's for me a better fullback. But yeah, um, I I think uh, if as long as we have him around as well, it's, it's always good to have that experience around. He's a proper championship experienced centre-back. And if if we're still in the championship next year, you want to keep him as long as you can, I think. Mm, yeah. So uh, I know some podcasts uh, like give people their flowers. I think Tom Lees deserves the flowers, like a lot of praise. I think yeah. he's been pretty solid. Uh, next question we got is from Jack HTFC. We kind of touched on this, uh, but I think it's a good one. Since Worthington knows the B team inside and out, like playing Brody Spencer at left back, which of the B team might get a chance to impress? Jack's hoping for Tom Opender to kind of kick on, uh, and also says Pat Jones or Connor Falls can can contribute. I think Pat Jones is maybe the exciting one. I think given how Karoma and Sorber have played a lot of games, you'd probably like to see him get a few minutes in this one. Um, but yeah, you Pender. I, I think it's hard when he's been playing. It's kind of in games where he's kind of coming on the last 10 minutes and it's difficult, you know, the last half an hour and it's difficult for him to make an impact, but he's very highly thought of. Um, yeah, maybe, I don't know. I'd probably go Pat Jones. I think I think it'd be good to use utilise him more, like particularly off the bench if we're chasing one of these games. But um, Tom, who would you kind of go for? Um boring answer i'm just going pat jones as well to be honest brady i mean I, I, look, I don't know the b team well enough at the moment especially like who who is coming for, i think i feel like we've um brought through the lads that are good enough or, or they've been forced to come onto the bench and stuff this this season especially so yeah it'd just be it'd just be great to see pat jones come on and hopefully worthy knows the best way he plays and how to get the best out of him 
be great. Um, Lapenda's really exciting as well, isn't he? So, yeah, I think you know we're still probably going to go to the wire, but if there was a scenario where Town was like safe with four games to go or or whatever, um, I I wouldn't mind just them starting your Penda for four games in a row. You know, when the pressure's off and just kind of see what he can do because I think that's the that's always been the problem with the B team, hasn't it, Tom? It's like we're chucking in young lads in a very difficult situation where they need to make an impact. Whereas I think, yeah. you know, it's it'd just be nice <laughs> if we could bring on these young lads or they could start. And if they make a mistake, it's not going to be the end of the world, I think. I yeah, think exactly. Be, be it. But yeah, Brody Spencer, I mean, he's been incredible, really. I've been really impressed with him. So um, yeah, if we can get any performances like we've seen with Brody, then I think we're on to something good. And um, speaking of league position, Aussie Terrier, he asks, what position do you think Tam will finish this season? He says 17th for me in Worthy Retrust. Tom, that's the question, isn't it? I suppose it's going to change week on week, but how are you feeling about it right now? Um, if we if we get these kind of, that four points in these next two games, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be aiming for that 17th. 16th, 17th, 18th would be awesome, wouldn't it? But um, probably about 20th, 21st is going to be if if we're lucky. Yeah, is that is that what you're thinking then? 20th, 21st. Yeah, probably. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we've drawn the most games in the league with 13. Um, yeah, because I was kind of having to reflect it on this this preview for Sunderland that I did, and it is. I know we, you know, you can't change the past, but you look at that Plymouth Blackburn game and the QPR game, games we all probably could and should have won. Yeah, you know, that's would just be would be safe. not you wouldn't be safe at this, but you'd be right, kind of sixteenth and quite happy with that. So, yeah, it's it's annoying. I I think it's probably going to go down to the wire again. I think what is. You know, it depends how you look at the kind of relegation scrap, but I think QPR, they've picked up a little bit of form. Um, I know people kind of worry, but I look at the teams around us. I think Stoke potentially could get sucked in because um, I I was I thought they'd be fine when they appointed Stephen Schumacher. Yeah. There's quite a lot of um, unrest at the club I saw. They were having to go to fans, and, and that's never a position I want to be in. I always thought Blackburn would be okay, and particularly now that John Dal Thomason's gone. I think they'll probably be all right. Birmingham, again, I think Mowbray is quite a good manager and I think that will eventually just click. So, yeah, I suppose you're looking at the teams around us. I I can't really see us maybe finishing high in the 20th, but I do I do wonder if a team's going to fall in. You mean I mean, you look at Millwall again, they're only two points ahead of us and yeah. they've got a young coach and they've been a bit inconsistent. So, yeah, it's strange because I've actually been quite worried about town being relegated and maybe this is famous last words and we'll click this at the end of the season. But I think we've been in so many games and actually I think what's done us is that Darren Moore was risk averse and like mm-hmm. actually if we just had a couple more wins, I'd feel all right. And I do feel heading into this fixture, these two games, I think we can probably get a win out of one of these and that'll do us a world of good. So, yeah, yeah. I, but yeah, I can't see us finish nine and twentieth. Like you agree, so yeah. I don't know. Are you are you worried about town going down? Because I actually feel, out of all the relegation battles we've had, <laughs> I actually feel quite calm about it compared to uh, to the more recent ones. I'm bored. That's You're what bored. I am. I'm bored. 
Um, we go down, we go down, don't we? I, I think I've gone past being worried anymore because it's like been for the last part from Corbran year, it's just been worrying about relegation. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I, weirdly, yeah, I'm not. I feel, yeah, meh about it, Brady, <laughs> meh. for some reason. Yeah, I think it's just because the last few years it's been just worrying about that kind of thing. So, um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think the the, the only thing, I, and but there's there are success stories of teams that get relegated. It's almost like they need it. I'm not I'm not saying we go down there because it, and then you get down there and it's like people said it when we left the prem. Oh, we'll be good because we'll it'll be an easier level. But it's it's almost like some teams from the championship need that bit of a reality check. I mean, look how long Ipswich was stuck in the second tier for they get that relegation um they build build a great squad in that league and then they come back up and they're fighting to get promoted first time asking i remember wolves did it as well when we were in league one i feel like they came down to our level and then all of a sudden we're in the prem again and was it leicester and norwich might have done it as well so it's, it's a weird one it, it works for some teams but i don't know if it would it work for town i don't know I think whatever division town are in next season, there's probably a big rebuild that needs to happen anyway. So, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I just, I just don't. I I do hear what you're saying, but I just don't really trust us to uh, like bounce back in League One because I think we do need that rebuild. So, um, yeah, I don't know, but maybe would you accept a couple of years in League One? Who knows? I know Matt wouldn't. He's very anti-league one. No, so. it's terrible league. It's a terrible league. Terrible but league. if you're winning, if you're winning games, it's not. Do you know what I mean? If you're winning games, it's not. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. I suppose we'll uh, leave it there then, Tom. Um, thanks for putting up with us for the 55 minutes or so. I feel like we've not talked a lot about uh, these games, but it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's kind of like a I think this week's very pivotal, so that's kind of why we're a bit indecisive. But yeah, uh, if there's any managerial news between between the next preview, obviously you'll hear it on the main pod. If not, we'll we'll kind of jump on and maybe do a special episode. Um, but yes, we will leave it there. Tom, anything you want to say to the town fans before we depart? Um, no, let's just uh, yeah, let's just hope for another another two exciting home games because that's something else we've lacked this year. I think is uh, going turning up at home and coming out entertained so let's hope we at least get that in these next two absolutely absolutely well tom thanks so much for joining me thanks to listeners uh, for tuning in as always and uh yeah thanks to magic rock who always sponsor this and we will be back to preview the next game so pivotal week let's hope for some positivity uh to tar for now and up the town up the town to town play bring the car Back to others The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, 
we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.